Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. Don't be mad. I told the truth. This is a story of a mummy with a fetus inside of it found inside a barrel stashed under some stairs in a New York home. It's a story about a young, beautiful Latin American woman who left El Salvador because her husband got his girlfriend pregnant and she found out about it. She moved to Miami and then to New York and then she got pregnant with the child of a married man herself. And then she was found dead. 30 years later, the cold case is solved. It's a circle in a wheel inside a boomerang. 27-year-old Reina Moraquin moved from El Salvador to the U.S. in 1966. 6666. That should have told her something. Uh, She found out that her husband had a mistress and that the mistress was pregnant with his child. So she moved to the U.S. in 1966, first landed in Miami. That's where... Most people from Central America actually land in Miami, and then they disperse, and she moved to New York City. She worked as a nanny, and then she quit without any explanation after two months, and she moved into a Catholic home for women, and she started taking fashion industry classes. So Raina was beautiful. She was a petite Latino, or should I say Latina, with long, flowing black hair and sort of a heart-shaped face, big brown eyes, and she hoped to find the American dream like most immigrants do. However, she made the mistake of having an affair with a business owner where she worked, Howard Elkins, her married boss. Now, Elkins almost committed the perfect murder. She vanished in the summer of 1969, but her body wasn't discovered until September 2nd in 1999. It was folded up inside a barrel of yucky green fluid and plastic pellets for more than three decades. Ugh. So in 1999, the new owner of a house in Long Island discovered a 55-gallon drum had been left inside a crawl space. And actually, it was in the final walkthrough with the real estate agent and the new buyer. And the new buyer said, I want that whole crawl space cleaned out, including that drum. So the owner of the house that was selling, Ronald Cohen, decided to sell the place after his family lived in the home for nearly a decade. And before he could unload the place, he had to open the barrel. This is some sound from the show Buried in the Backyard on Oxygen. It was just total disbelief. Could not believe what we just found. My wife said, I'm not staying in this house another night. It's not every day that a mummy is found in your backyard. (laughs) So Cohen and his real estate agent who was looking on opened this drum up and they found... I took a very quick look inside and I could see a human hand. It was sad to think that she spent 30 years in the bottom of a barrel under somebody's house. Poor Raina. She was inside the drum in a cross-legged position wearing socks, a skirt, a button-down sweater. Apparently she was beaten to death in the factory where she worked. And then she was brought to his home, the Elkins home, put in the drum and it was weighed down with pellets so it would sink when he dumped it in the ocean, but it was too heavy for him to move. So he put it in the crawl space and that's where it sat for years and years. In fact, the Coens lived in that house for like a decade. Their kids even played hide and seek in that crawl space with the body in the drum <laughs> at the same time. Come out, come out wherever you are. Trash collectors refused to pick up the steel drum because it was too heavy. So they left Cohen no choice but to open up the barrel and see what was inside. And of course, to his horror, he found the mummified, decomposing body of a woman. And what was visible immediately 
was her mummified hand and a shoe that popped up. Oh, God. So the barrel was transported to the local morgue for an autopsy. So they found other contents inside as well, and they were all examined forensically. Medical examiners confirmed the dead woman was pregnant with a nearly full-term baby boy. The manner of death was determined to be a homicide after the coroner found multiple lacerations to her head, and those injuries were sustained while she was alive. She was beaten 10 times in the head, and she had died of blunt force trauma. Now, at that time, no one knew who she was, but she had unusual dental work. It's the kind that's done in, like, Central America. She had gold in her front teeth. They also found two rings in a locket, a fake leopard skin coat, and a makeup bag. Now, pellets and green plastic flower stems with leaves were found in this green, viscous liquid. Her purse was in there as well, and it contained papers and an address book. The address book had been fully saturated with this green liquid for years, so they put it in a forensic drying cabinet while detectives traced the origins of the drum. Now, there were serial numbers painted on the outside, and they were traced to a company in Linden, New Jersey. And the liquid was a green dye used to color plastic flowers and leaves, and that dye hadn't been made since 1971. Now, officers received an anonymous telephone call. It came in about the drum and where it came from and said an Hispanic woman was having an affair with the owner of the company. The company was owned by a man named Howard Elkins, who was also the previous owner of the house where the drum was discovered. So police used the address book once it dried out and they were able to read some of the information on the pages using a very high-tech spectrometer. They tracked down a former friend of Raina, who claimed that Marikin had been having an affair with the married Elkins and became pregnant with his child. Now, Marikin had allegedly told Elkins' wife about the pregnancy and the affair, and she expressed fear that Elkins would kill her. She said, he's going to kill me. I said, who? That's Raina's mama. And shortly thereafter... Marikeen vanished. So detectives continued to peel back the onion. A match to an immigrant identification number later found inside the address book allowed them to finally give the corpse a name. Inside the barrel, examiners did find the plastic pellets, the green flower stem, a pocketbook or purse, thick green-brown liquid, and detectives traced the drum back to a plastics factory that was in operation in the 1960s. And the co-owner of Melrose Plastics, not Melrose Place, (laughs) Peyton Place, was a man named Howard Elkins. His old partner, who was still living, told detectives that Howard Elkins had had an affair with a pretty Hispanic girl with long black hair. The company was located in Linden, New Jersey. Just let me tell you a little bit about Linden, New Jersey. It is just uh, north of Elizabeth, I believe, New Jersey. And I worked there for three months in 2007 when I worked for WCBS New York. I was a photojournalist. I would sit in the back of their HD Channel 2 helicopter and run the camera and also uh, report traffic and breaking news on television in New York. The helicopter hangar was located in Linden, New Jersey, which is like the armpit of New Jersey. But I got to fly around Manhattan all day, and I remember that my pilot used to ask permission from the tower to fly past the face of the lady, the Statue of Liberty. It was so cool. Now, I flew in the WCBS helicopter, and the pilot of the ABC Channel 7 helicopter, who also happened to be my boss, and I will not identify him for obvious reasons, 
You'll find out in a moment. But he was a Vietnam War veteran who flew choppers in Nam. And he and I did not get along. And he had put me with a new chopper pilot, and he promised he would never do that because you know, I'm coming from Miami and I'm learning how to find places all the way in the tri-state area from Connecticut to New York to New Jersey on a laptop and then, you know, trying to videotape it and also talk on air. And he puts me with a pilot who had like four hours of ENG training. That means a pilot that has flown with a camera person before. The camera's mounted on the front of the helicopter. Well, he sent me up at five o'clock to be the lead and report on a story where a guy was cut in half by an elevator inside a New York building and the elevator door closed on him and started moving and cut him in half. So when we arrived on the scene, there was all of this fire equipment and apparatus out front of the building. I had this great shot, came time to go live and I started talking and the pilot started flying behind the back of the building. So I had no shot. So I'm talking, talking, trying to stretch it out. And then finally, at the very end of my report, he comes around the other side and I show all this equipment and this huge scene. And it was just like, what the fuck? So that night I was staying in the helicopter house in Linden, New Jersey, while I was waiting to move into my new apartment. And my boss, the Channel 7 chopper pilot, was there. And I told him I quit. And he accepted my resignation. A month later, this pilot was leaving a restaurant called The Docks in New York. Um, It's right along the Hudson River. And he's kissing some woman goodbye, and a cab jumps the curb. It's one of those heavy cement bollards that are supposed to prevent the cab from actually hopping the curb and going onto the sidewalk. And the cab ran right over him as he was standing in front of The Docks restaurant and pinned him underneath the cab killing him graveyard dead. And it was like on the cover of all the New York papers the next day. Of course, I didn't cover the story because I no longer had a job. I was actually back in Florida at the time. I like to think I had something to do with what happened to him, but I know I didn't. I mean, he survived Nam, and then he gets killed in Manhattan by a cab. Yikes. Anyway, back to the story in Linden, New Jersey, with this plastics company where the barrel came from, from the 1960s. So the address book found in the barrel was almost completely destroyed by that strange liquid, and most of the phone numbers no longer worked, of course. However, detectives located a woman named Kathy Andrade, or Andrade, who told detectives that she'd been looking for her friend Raina Marroquin for 30 years. Andrade says that Raina was studying fashion, was living at a Catholic home that housed single women, and that Raina told her she was involved with a married man and that she was pregnant with his child. Raina also shared more disturbing details with Kathy Andrade. She told her she had called her lover's wife and told her about the affair and the baby. Raina also said her boyfriend was furious, Howard, when he called her back and threatened to kill her. And Raina was littler than itsy bitsy. She was teeny weeny. She was less than five feet tall. So Howard thought... Hmm, she probably fit nicely in a 55-gallon drum, so I'm going to kill her and stuff her in a barrel. According to Kathy, Raina never revealed the man's identity. However, she remembered Raina was absolutely terrified and realized immediately that calling his wife was a deadly mistake. You think? Worried that her friend was in trouble, Kathy went to Raina Marroquin's apartment and found it was empty. And hours later, she called police and she was unable to find Raina Marroquin's family or any other information about her because they were back in El Salvador. 
The case, of course, went cold until police finally made the grisly discovery in 1999. Now, by the time the secret murder was exposed, because remember, there is no statute of limitations on murder, Howard Elkins was retired and living in Boca Raton. Thus, the Florida connection. He was living in a gated community. And let me just tell you a little bit about Boca Raton. It's a Florida city on the southeast coast. It's known for its golf courses. It's got the pink Boca Raton Hotel and Resort, parks, beaches, large oceanfront Red Reef Park is home to Gumbo Limbo Nature Center with trails. Gumbo Limbo is a tree, a butterfly garden, and a sea turtle sanctuary. Downtown Book Raton Museum of Art has modern and contemporary American and European collections and a sculpture garden. All the sculptures are like orange bits of big pipes that are cut in half, look like sausages. Nearby Meisner Park has an amphitheater and hosts concerts and events. Addison Meisner was actually one of the great architects here in South Florida. He was an American resort architect whose Mediterranean revival and Spanish colonial revival style interpretations left an indelible stamp on South Florida. Continues to inspire architects to this day. A lot of our buildings have the barrel tile and the very uh, Mediterranean feel, especially in Boca Raton. Well, that's where Howard ended up. Right here in Palm Beach County, just like the president. But Howard lived in a gated community that was along a golf course. There's a lot of golf course HOA communities here in South Florida, like half the state lives in a gated community. Lots of HOAs and condo associations down here. We have a lot of Cynthia's. These shrubs aren't board approved. You need to break down your cardboard. Thank you. Violation, violation. I see you've met Cynthia. Violation, violation. Apparently Howard was very active in the Boca Raton community, very much in the social scene, living, you know, he was having the time of his life. He'd forgotten about that young, hot Latina that he used to have sex with and accidentally knocked up and then knocked out. And maybe she was plaguing him in the back of his mind. Florida neighbors were shocked that the big bearded, jovial man could have been involved in such a crime. They said he seemed like a very sociable fellow. He was just not the type to kill somebody. One neighbor said they seemed like such a lovely family. I find that's the way with most people. Things are not always as they appear. So like I said, it turned out the barrel had contained the same type of dye used in Elkins Plastics Company, and it was packed with the same kind of plastic pellets used by the company Melrose Plastics, which made fake plants and trees. So with that information, Nassau County detectives flew to Palm Beach County in 1999 to talk with Elkins, who had moved to Florida after selling his company in 1972. He'd been living for two years in the Crystal Lakes gated community west of Boca Raton with his wife, Ruth, who was 66 at the time. She stayed with him, and that's when detectives knocked on Elkins' door. Hello, it's the police from New York. We've come to take you in for murder. Come out, come out, Mr. Elkins. He's in the bathroom crapping his pants. At first, Elkins was glib. And he admitted to having a relationship with Mara Keene, but he denied knowing anything about her disappearance, was caught in several lies, and refused to give a DNA sample. Why is this guy not being truthful with me? That's Detective Edwards, and he said that Elkins became nervous and then asked the detectives to leave when his wife called. So they left, telling Elkins that they would be back the next day with a court order for the DNA sample. 
So up into that point, the case was pretty circumstantial, but detectives knew that if they got a DNA sample from Elkins, it would match the DNA of the dead baby, the fetus. Raina wound up at the Joan of Arc home in Manhattan. It was a haven for immigrant women run by Catholic nuns, and eventually she found work making plastic flowers at Elkins' Manhattan factory. And that's where police believe she was killed, that somehow Elkins had lured her back to the factory, killed her there, then took her body to his home on Long Island, put it in the drum, and then was enabled to put the drum in his car, so he just hid it under the house. So again, it was a bad idea to tell the wifey about the baby. Like she said, don't be mad. I told the truth. He was mad. He was pissed. He killed her. As the detectives were leaving, Elkin said that he had a lot to discuss with his wife and that there was little chance he would flee. And he was 70 years old at the time. The next day, Elkin's son found the body of his father in a Ford Explorer in a friend's garage with a gunshot wound to his head and a shotgun he had just bought at Walmart the day before it was lying between his legs. So the body of Howard Elkins of Boca Raton was found in the back seat of the Ford Explorer at his friend's house a day after he was questioned by police from Nassau County, New York. The jig was up. Elkins owned a split-level home in Jericho, New York, 27 years ago, was put up for sale, and the owner, Ronald Cohen, found the body on September 2nd when Cohen went to dispose of the rusting 345-pound oil drum that had been rotting in a crawl space underneath the house. He found the mummified body. The timing of the woman's death led detectives to Elkins, and police in New York determined that the drum was manufactured in 1963, originally held paint that discontinued after 1973. Elkins and his wife, Ruth, owned the home from 1957 to 1972. Circumstantial, but it all syncs up. The house had two owners between 72 and the time Cohen bought it in 1984. And of course, now that he was dead, they were able to get his DNA. And as suspected, Howard's DNA matched the DNA of the male fetus found inside the mummy that was found inside the barrel that was found inside Elkins' old home. Now, the Newsday reporter from New York, Oscar Coral, flew to El Salvador and tracked down Reina Marroquin's mom in the small town of San Martin. The 95-year-old, known as Grandma Marroquin, nearly collapsed when he told her that they had found her daughter. He said that her mom was heartbroken ever since Raina stopped riding home with no explanation in 1969. And get this, her mom had dreams depicting Raina in a barrel. Raina's mother said when her daughter's body was returned to El Salvador, quote, now I know she's with me. She came flying like a dove back to her home. Finally, Marikeen was buried in El Salvador, Her mom died a month later and was buried next to her daughter. Talk about closure. It's like the mother was waiting all those years for her daughter to come home, and then she was able to die peacefully. When Raina left for the United States, she had told her family, I'm going to be somebody someday. And then she met Howard Elkins. And I leave you now with the melodic tones of Melania, our First Lady. Or should I say, our elegant and classy First Lady, Melania Trump, who was secretly taped while talking on the phone with a former Trump advisor. Give me a break. 
Remember when Melania wore that jacket that read on the back, I really don't care, do you? Well, apparently she wore it deliberately on her trip to the border so that the press would pay attention. She was the first first lady to go to the border to check out, you know, the kids in cages. I'm driving liberals crazy, that's for sure. And they deserve it. You understand? So she wore the jacket so they would pay attention, but apparently all they wanted to do was criticize her blood red Christmas trees, which we love here at Full Rigor. The White House looked like the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Wendy, darling, light of my life, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. <laughs> I'm working like a ass, my ass. I know. Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f- about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? I think it's really sexy the way she says fuck. Give me a fucking break. But anyway, meanwhile, former First Lady Michelle Obama is depressed. I know that I am dealing with uh, some form of low-grade depression, not just because of the quarantine, but because of the racial strife and just seeing this administration, watching the hypocrisy of it day in and day out is dispiriting. Maybe you should drop a few F-bombs. It always makes me feel better. And we love the Trumps here in Palm Beach County. Not only is he our president, he's our neighbor. I know I speak for my husband and the family when I say we are so grateful that you have trusted him to be your president. And we will be honored to serve this incredible country for four more years. Give me a break. And that my friends, wraps up Full Rigor. Don't forget to download the podcast and subscribe. Also check me out on Instagram, Full Rigor Podcast. Until next time, that's Full Rigor. Thanks for joining me. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.